Hello and welcome to The Great Park Hop. My name is still Julian James and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave where they are hot, still hot, on the heels of a SoCal theme park insanity trip. The man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall with the one and only Lori. Hey. Hey, hello. Every other week we like to get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news happenings and burning topics from the lands of disney universal and beyond but before launching into things we always like to note that henry works at the walt disney company as always though his opinions are fully his own well fancy meeting you two here <laughs> have you been been good been good been a been a been a couple months since we've been able to chop it up and uh yeah sounds like uh sounds like you guys have been busy it's like i i was thinking about this and your you just got back from socal as as i was just mentioning and how many theme parks did you hit up was it five <laughs> no just just three wait no oh four just before since- four Split the difference. That, that's that's pretty. That's pretty good. That's coming. That's coming close. I mean, that's pretty much how many we hit in Orlando, right? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, I mean, four, four parks, five, six, technically. Yeah. <laughs> so there. So it was four of Disney World, two of Universal. That's still pretty good, guys. You are. You're killing it. I'm. I'm. I'm very jealous. I wish I could say that I spent uh, spent this last two months doing theme park stuff. I did not. I instead, let's see, what did I do? I watched the 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 Devil and Max Devlin. I know Henry knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Bill Cosby is the Devil. Yeah. Classic 1980s Disney. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't remember that. I mean the the other guy in that the other actor. He was pretty popular at that time too, and I can't think of his name, but yeah, I definitely remember that movie. I think you're thinking of Elliot Gould, yes, my friend. Yes, yes, Elliot Gould. It's it's still though hard to get out of the shadow, if you will, of Bill Cosby playing the devil. <laughs> Especially nowadays, like even then, it was a little it was a little wild, but. Uh, but yeah, given current circumstances, a little strange. But uh, but anyway, this is not a classic Disney movie podcast, though. Maybe one day it will be. This is a theme park podcast. And man, it has been, we were joking about all of the crazy news that's going to drop while we were gone and, and taking our, our couple month break. And, and I mean, it's kind of true. It, it definitely is is sort of uh sort of all came true. I mean, we had, you know, Disneyland Toontown closing down until next year, 2023. It's it's been completely deleted off of the Disneyland map right now. If you go and look at the live map, there is no more Toontown. It's just kind of green tree area. It's pretty wild. Uh we got some news that character meet and greets are coming back soon at the Disney parks. That's 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 good times. A little step towards normalcy is always a uh, a good thing. So the, the news churn is definitely real, but a couple of things for sure that stood out 
that I think is is worth digging a little bit deeper in. So first, let's let's, uh, let's go over this bad news. Okay, so we had a recent shareholders meeting at the beginning of March, and one of the questions posed to uh, CEO of Disney, Bob Chapek, who is also in a little bit of controversy right now. Won't get into that. But uh, uh, so he confirmed that many of the already announced rides that haven't gone fully into production, that have just been announced, there's been some pre-production work, probably a lot of art that's been shared. Any of those rides that aren't currently in con- under construction basically uh, uh, are, are in doubt, shall we say. So Tron, Henry, and the Moana experience that are going that's going on at Epcot. Obviously, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Operation Rewind that's going on at Epcot that is pretty much ready to go at this point. Those are all safe. We're good. There are like tons of Disney projects all around the world at all of these various different theme parks that are deep into construction. They're all good. Not safe though. You've got that Mary Poppins area that was announced for the UK pavilion that's that's on hold that is not safe uh the spaceship overhaul the spaceship sorry the spaceship earth overhaul also in Epcot not safe uh and the biggie the one that the one that really stings the Quinjet ride which was the kind of the thing of Avengers campus when everyone was complaining about, yeah, Spider-Man ride, not not the greatest. It's like a virtual shooting gallery. Everyone was like, okay, listen, let's everyone just chill out because the e-ticket attraction, the Quinjet experience is coming. That's what we're all waiting for. Might be a while. <laughs> Might be a while that we're actually waiting for this thing uh, because the way, that, the way that Bob Chapik put it, these rides are not canceled, but they are instead, quote, in a holding pattern and will quote, hopefully get built once the company's post pandemic cash flow situation improves. So, Henry, I don't like the sound of any of this. That was a mouthful, but I do not like that mouthful. Pull me out of this death spiral with your usual charm and optimism here, big guy. <laughs> I don't know if I have charm and optimism for that because. Well, I imagine at some point they have to put something. They're going to put something into Avengers Campus. We're just going to be waiting. Have to. We're just going to be waiting a lot longer. And with the way the crowds have been looking, at at least in the our California theme parks, it's been pretty good, like, uh, Crowd-wise. So I don't think, I think they may wait and see if they can't, you know, bide a little time. So like, hey, when crowds start dipping, they got something to draw people back in uh, into the park uh, since they already have, you know, the crowds now. They're just going to hold off and as long as they can, at least that way. In in this case, I don't know about the Epcot stuff just because they're doing so many other uh, additions to the Epcot. I think uh, they're going to probably take a look at those uh, 
the Mary Poppins and the Spaceship Earth. I would say the Spaceship Earth might get done. It's more likely going to get done. The Mary Poppins, Poppins could go away, though. Quietly just, yeah. just disappear because I think that's going to be... I mean, I think it's probably a cheaper renovation, but it's Spaceship Earth is very front and center, and it's it's a much bigger bang for their buck for the long term and up, you know, updating that than adding in Mary Poppins, which I don't think a lot of people were clamoring for. I think it was something that definitely people would enjoy and like, but not something that, you know, people would miss if it just kind of went away. You know, totally. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, when we rode Spaceship Earth, it felt like it needed a little bit of TLC. So, uh, yeah, I, it definitely is is more front and center, definitely more uh, of a higher priority, let's say. And and also, like, it, there is that possibility with, like, a, a major refurb with Spaceship Earth because we had such little info. We had a couple of... Uh, kind of renderings, artist renderings, they could really scope that down. It was supposed to initially be this major overhaul of the ride. It could totally scope that down, maybe uh, crank up the brightness a little bit. (laughs) So you can actually see some of those scenes um, and probably still get away with it. So you're you're totally right. But yeah, the the Quinjet experience is, uh, that's a rough one, man. I mean, I get so when you guys were just in California Adventure, or even you know when you were there in last July, Lori, were you feeling like the land needs like a major e-ticket, or was it feeling pretty comfortable as is with the with the uh, uh, web slingers? And there's the Doctor Strange show, and then there's the everything else that's going on within the the land, all the live entertainment. Was that was that feeling like that was enough, or did it feel like it needs something else? To me, it feels like it needs something else. It's like it doesn't seem to have a lot. Like even like the land itself, like there's no like every other land. There's the theme, even just shops. Like they have the restaurants to go and steal your money, but they don't really have the shops. There's no other rides really. Like. Luckily, they do have quite a few of the shows. The Doctor Strange, they have the Dormilaje come out. They have, what, Natasha Romanoff fighting off. I don't know who was, who was that supposed to be. Taskmaster. Just to, ta- was it supposed actually supposed to be Taskmaster? Yeah, she's fighting off them. So they do have stuff to keep you entertained. But it's, it's not a lot to get you to the land. Pretty much you go to the land, you hit the Spider-Man, if you're lucky, if you want to wait in that line maybe grab some food and then you leave. So there's not a lot really to keep you in that land for an extended amount of time. Yeah. And that I totally agree with. Yeah, for sure. It is definitely feels like because it it is such a small footprint and yeah, it's just like what you're saying. Once you've, once you've seen a lot of those pieces of entertainment, it, it's not something that you're necessarily going to be, coming back to time and time again maybe with web slingers if you're someone that really is drawn to that and that com- that competitive aspect to it maybe that'll do it um but yeah i definitely agree like it, for sure you could probably get away with it 
in the short term, I guess this is to your point, Henry, because you still do have a lot of people that are getting over their COVID jitters. All of a sudden, you know, more travel is going to open up uh, sooner rather than later here. So you're going to have a lot of people that maybe couldn't get to Disneyland or didn't want to go to Disneyland. Well, while things were still a little bit dicey that are going to be seeing Marvel uh, Avengers Campus for the first time and seeing all of this cool stuff for the first time. And it is really awesome that first time that you check it out and you, you walk through. But uh, but I guess that's the question, Henry, is how much time do they have before the land starts to feel a little bit stale? Because, um, I mean, I guess they do have an opportunity to change up some of those live shows that are going on, um, you know, in and around the the headquarters, and maybe there's an opportunity to change up the Doctor Strange show. One would hope that they do something really cool and special with uh, with uh, with the new movie coming out in May. But uh, but I guess that's the question. Like knowing that there's going to be there's going to have to be some some pretty major lead time. One would assume between actually starting construction and the ride being done. So, yeah, how much time do you think they have here before they really need to to start moving? Well, it's so weird because I think one thing that they have been doing well with Avengers Campus is working in these, like, these uh, the Marvel characters for, like, meet and greets and shows. They have, which kind of like does a good job at camouflaging how little there is to actually do in the land. Because like during, say, like during Halloween, they had zombie Captain America. And when Loki came out, the the Disney Plus show, they had Loki in his, his various different forms from the Loki TV show. And they keep bringing in these Marvel characters from the, Disney Plus shows and from the movies. So I think that gives them a little bit like of it's uh, a, it's still a way of they're kind of keeping it fresh without actually adding in real like content to the area. Uh, but mm. it's, it's kind of like, you know, you, you got this game and you played it for like a year and you're, you're like, okay, I've, I've done that. I'm waiting for a new version. I'm waiting for number two. But they keep giving you DLC characters. They just keep giving you that one character <laughs> of DLC. So yeah. you go back into the game. You, you're, you play that character. And then you're like, okay, I'm ready for, for number two now. And then instead of giving you number two, they give you another DLC character. Uh, I feel that's what they did with Street Fighter Five, at least <laughs> to me. <laughs> that game's like over five years old now. <laughs> they're just now announcing six, but it feels like that's what they're doing to Avengers Campus. I think they're going to kind of stretch that out as long as they can. But I think, you know, the the people who, you know, I think it's already kind of like hit that like even for us, when we went this last time, we pretty much went on web slingers and then just breezed out of the land and never went back. Mm. Like we didn't even bother yeah. to, to view the shows. It's like 
you're, they don't have anything really for people who, if you've been there once, it's like, am I going to really go back and see the, like the shows? Mm, maybe. Like I would have loved to see, cause I'm a big fan of Moon Knight and with the Moon Knight show coming out this month at the end of this month, I would have loved to see Moon Knight there. But yeah. The the one of the frustrating things too is that it seems that like even though they have like Black Widow here, there, they don't keep these characters that from the Disney Plus shows there for very long. So like I didn't get to see Loki from the Disney Plus show because I wasn't going to the park around that time. Uh so mm. I figure they're going to mm-hmm. probably have Moon Knight after the Disney Plus show. But he's probably only going to be there for a couple of months, maybe. And then you're not going to see him again. So, like, yeah. uh, it's, it's, that's a bit frustrating. Just like I was, uh, we got there a little bit too late to see the uh, Boba Fett throne in downtown Disney. They had a, mm. a Boba Fett throne that you can take a picture at on. I'd just seen, like, a uh, other uh, influencer taking a picture on that, uh, like, maybe a couple weeks before our trip, gone before we even got there. So, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit frustrating in that, in that you hear about it, but you don't really get to experience some of these characters. But instead, which, you know, characters like the Black Widow show, which we saw over a year ago, it's still running with Taskmaster. Right. So they kind of, it would have probably been good if they are like overhauling the, the big shows, the big stunt show that they're having besides the little character meet and greets. That might give them a little bit more, but as it is, I really think they've, you know, uh, you're, you're really not going to find much as far as um, as uh, they're going to need that that new that e ticket ride sooner than they probably want. Yeah, uh, but it's there. You're just going to get those same complaints that people got for Galaxy's Edge, uh, but you're going to hear those complaints longer. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I guess I guess they do have the opportunity with web slingers they could change the the kind of uh shooting galleries right because it's a it's a screen-based attraction yeah so i guess they have an opportunity to do that clearly they've not felt the need to do that over with uh smugglers run because it's the same one that's been playing since it opened with galaxy's edge but uh but yeah so i guess if they felt really pressing or, or if they felt really pressed to do something, they could do that probably more quickly and inexpensive than maybe some other options. But yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they handle that, especially if I don't know it gets drawn out a little bit uh, a little bit longer here. So I don't know. Maybe they're going to wait until Toontown and uh, and Mickey and Minnie's gets done, and then we'll they'll they'll start to address that. So yeah. I don't know. That'll be an interesting one to to keep an eye on. I could see that happening just because they got those two projects knocked out in uh, in Disney Park proper. Uh, then they could turn their attention to 
California Adventure. Um, so, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the other big kind of uh, uh, happening, the big announcement, the big reveal, if you will, is Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser finally started accepting real honest-to-goodness guests for uh, for the first time just recently. So just to kind of recap where we've been and what Galactic Star Cruiser even is, so this is Disney's premier three-day, two-night Star Wars immersive experience. This was announced all the way back in... 2017. So it's been it's been a long time coming and it's really positioned as not just a hotel. I think a lot of people are referring to it as the Star Wars hotel, but really it's it's kind of this this massive immersive experience where uh you know, you are in Star Wars, right? Uh and uh and it, as we eventually found out, the uh uh Price is steep. They really, they really hit you on it. So it's in that like five to six thousand dollars per person range. And the idea is they are positioning it like a cruise in space, right? And and it's a it's a cruise within the Star Wars universe. There's a story. There's a narrative going around uh, that you can choose to either be part of or or not be part of. Uh, there's a trip down to Galaxy's Edge at, at some point. So there's a lot of different aspects that that are intending to immerse you in Star Wars and everything about at least what is it the the new trilogy of Star Wars. Um, so uh, there was a lot of high expectation after we got that price, and then in these in these kind of final months leading up to the opening, the grand opening of Galactic Star Cruiser things got a little started going in a sour direction. We got some really kind of chintzy uh, uh, videos and walkthrough tours and, and kind of announcements around it that, uh, that, that just made the star cruiser feel like it maybe wasn't worth that five to $6,000 experience that you were, that you were coughing up for. Uh, and you know, there were some people were canceling and there were openings when everything was sold out previously. And so there was just a big question over whether this was actually going to deliver. If the experience was worth it, is this going to be just a major failure? And so, like I said, it's, it's now fully open for business. We've had influencers that have been there and given their thoughts. We've had real paying guests that have been there and given their thoughts. And, and generally, it all seems pretty, pr- pretty positive, right, Henry? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it really sounds like they did deliver on a great experience. Um, I think the question, like, because of the, the cost, I think it winds up coming down to, like, yeah, they delivered, they deliver a great experience, but is that worth that high price point for two days? Um, one of the things that, some of the things that I've definitely heard that everybody says that it's, it's a very great kind of, uh, they do a great job of making it very kind of like, personalized so you're you feel like you are integrated into this world do a great job with that um 
a lot of it is coming from the cast members who are walking around interacting with people. Uh, some of the complaints I've heard of it is, is that that what interaction was actually promised for Galaxy's Edge. So some people are, are, right. are angry because that was what they promised us for, for Galaxy's Edge. And they said no for Galaxy's Edge and instead decided to charge us for it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but from everything I've been hearing is that you know, these actors going around interacting with people, it's, it's great. Uh, I think the, yeah. you know, one of the problems, though, is that it, it's not you. I mean, it's one of those experiences where the more you kind of interact with it, uh, the better of uh, experience you're going to have. But you have to kind of, it, it does seem like when I'm watching these people and they're talking about these experiences, that you're pretty much busy the whole time you're there. It, it doesn't really give you a whole lot of time to kind of like sit down and really kind of uh, like, I mean, I guess you could sit down and like catch, catch your breath and like be in the moment. But if you do, you're going to miss all these other things that are going on because they basically are giving you one shot at experiencing this, and if you miss it, basically miss it. It sounds like, at least. Uh, right. So, like, if you yeah. want to go to your lightsaber training, you get enrolled in one lightsaber training. That's your opportunity to get. I don't know if they give you an opportunity to reschedule if you miss your one. Uh, so there's <laughs> a lot of questions there of, like, what it is, but it, it really feels like when you're there... You're really having to keep up with things. If you don't, if you miss something, you're going to have to catch up on it in their kind of data pad. And it looks like they use the same kind of data pad interface that they have for the, the Play app for in uh, Galaxy's Edge right now, which is not a pretty app. And uh, I definitely saw some cool things that they have going on during your... Um, your stay, but it's stuff that you could easily miss if you're just not, you know, paying attention. Like, I, yeah. you know, it's, it's a little bit, I think, to me, it would be kind of a frustrating situation where I don't like, you know, it's, it's very rigid schedule, it seems like. And I like things to be a bit more flexible because things happen and I don't want to have to catch up on an app. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, that was definitely my takeaway from the, from the, a lot of the feedback that I went through and a lot of the kind of trip reports that I went through. It was very much like you had to be 100% bought into the experience, right? You, it, you can't go in there feeling like really, uh, just kind of high minded and kind of snooty about, the fact that you're basically doing a really expensive live action role play. Like you have to be bought into the fact that you're a guest on this cruise ship in star Wars and that these characters that the cast members are pretending to be are actually characters and the people that you're texting and that they're sending you on missions and quests that, that yeah, you're actually interacting with 
a Star Wars character. Um, and and so if you're bought into that and the fact that, you know, like, oh, there's like the, uh, you know, I'm right exactly like you're saying, actually doing lightsaber training or I'm actually interacting with an alien creature. If that's not something that you're about or interested in, this is not the experience for you. Like 100% if you are, you know, going to be, uh, if you're not ready to play a character in this experience, it's just not, it's not for you. Um, it's going to be a waste of money. You're not going to get the full kind of thing. And uh, yeah, the other, to echo just what you were saying too, the other thing that stuck out to me was right. Uh, and people were pointing this out as well, that specific things, droids, alien creatures, you being a character in the overall experience, like 100% that was the marketing speak that they used for Galaxy's Edge. And uh, and right, it was all integrated into Galactic Star Cruiser. And it, it did, the, the takeaway I had with that too was like, man, it fits really well into what it seems like Disney parks are doing. And, and I don't know if, if, if I would say, if I'd make a bold claim, like this is the future of Disney parks, but I will say they've, they're making it really clear between this and also things like Genie plus and lightning lane that premium, a pre your, a premium Disney park experience is like a lane that is being carved right now. Right. And, Things that either were expectations or promises or just uh, part of your everyday experience as the standard Disney park experienced, a lot of that stuff, some of it is with like fast pass, <laughs> right? Some of it's being migrated already over to be a premium experience. And then, yeah, everything with, with Galaxy's Edge and, and um, Galactic Star Cruiser. So it is a question. Part of me is like, what's next? <laughs> what's going to be the next thing that is going to be part of this premium kind of Disney, uh, you know, uh, lane, if you will, this Disney park premium lane. Um, I don't know, but it did, it did make me think about that as well. Um, and it made me cringe a little bit, uh, unfortunately, because man, so much of that stuff would be so cool within galaxy's edge. That was what really, not just sounded like it would it would be really fun to do, but like having characters walking around and aliens walking around and droids buzzing around, like that all makes, from what we can see, uh, Galactic Star Cruiser feel alive, and that's what's lacking in Galaxy's Edge right now, right? That's what we've talked about, we've 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 complained about for so long. Everyone's, you know, I shouldn't say everyone, many people have complained about it for a while that it just doesn't feel alive. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was definitely a big takeaway as well. And, and I agree, man, I was, well, uh, the other thing I agree with you with is just feeling that you've got to be constantly moving and making the most of your experience. Like I started having anxiety and FOMO while watching some of these trip reports because it really was like, you know, if you wanted to keep up with a story, but there was stuff happening like around every single corner. And I definitely got the impression, uh, uh, Lori, I don't know if you had this impression too, but I definitely had the impression that you were not going to be able to see and experience everything all in one trip. Did you, did you get that feeling too? 
I did. I think there's like there's so many things that they have going on. Like there's no way you'd be able to do it all in one go. It's like I don't yeah, I don't think it's possible. It takes some commitment <laughs> in order to do it. Which is both like great because it does entice you to to do it again and maybe feel like you're gonna have a different experience. But then you see the price tag of doing it again. And at least I think for most people, even doing, you know, uh, Galactic Star Cruiser once is a tough pill. It's probably out of reach for most guests. But thinking about doing it and then missing out on a bunch of stuff is, uh, like I said, that just gives me anxiety thinking about that. Just like, oh, I'm missing out on this huge portion here. Like, do I... Do I eat or do I go and try to explore and uncover more stuff? Do I, you know, yeah, do lightsaber training or do I try to explore and uncover more stuff? Like some of these videos, people were finding like all of these areas within the ship that uh, that were not super clear that you could actually access, right? Like they were in their data pad and getting messages from people and having to enter codes and unlock other things that then gave them access to a whole different part of the ship. And then that started off a whole other mission. Like it all sounded incredible, but, uh, but it was like, you're right. You have to be on and you're probably going to miss a lot of this stuff. So yeah, um, it's both, like I said, it's kind of a turnoff for me. Yeah. I know for a fact you cannot do everything in one trip just because for the fact that um, you can actually, like, um, during your trip, you can either be pro-Rebels or pro-First Order. So, technically, you can try and, like, there's stuff that is, like, pro-Rebel that you can choose to interact with. Now, if you interact with that stuff, then, and you're following the storyline, that's kind of the... The uh, that's the story they're going to continue to feed you is the uh, is the rebel stuff. Now, if you go first order, got it right. Then that's the storyline that they're going to feed you. And I guess some of the things that I've heard and stuff is that if you like, you could have multiple people, of course, in your cabin, a family doing like actual different story arcs. And whatnot, right? And then, of course, you do get like data pad, like oriented uh, missions that you're supposed to fulfill when you go to uh, to Galaxy's Edge. But you can't actually at any point do them all because because you're following one story arc and you're doing this. It wouldn't make sense for them to give you these other things, so you can't do it all. You can't actually do it all in one trip. You basically kind of have to commit to one side or the other, or I guess technically there's that non-committal to either side and just <laughs> not getting anything. But again, nothing. <laughs> you don't. You you just kind of miss out. Uh, one of one point of view that I never really thought of is that I do know a big, a huge Star Wars fan. But they basically said that they saw stuff for uh, the Galactic Star Cruiser uh, stay, and they were like, but I don't like to interact with things. Like, I want to be the person to kind of watch 
the show. I don't want to be part of the show. Oh, yeah. And mm. I don't know if they actually came up with a good answer for that type of guest in that those situations. Yeah. Because that person isn't going to get anything out of that situation. Right. But they're huge Star Wars fans. So um, I guess, yeah. you know, there's that one you got to hope that people actually want to participate in these things where like I was looking at the lightsaber training. And I'm like, eh, I don't think I'd be really into that type thing. And then at that point, am I wasting my money? Uh, um, but there's right. definitely other stuff that I thought was pretty cool. But yeah, I think they definitely like seeing this stuff in the, um, galactic star cruiser and not seeing it in galaxy's edge really feel i really feel like you you're correct like if you want the best uh disney experience they're basically setting up uh that you have to pay you're gonna pay extra like you're it was the idea of being able to just buy a basic ticket and have the best time ever in your life at Disney parks is kind of going away. You know, it's making it a lot yeah. harder at least uh, because for sure, you know, cause lightning lane isn't making it easier for people to ride who don't have lightning. Lane. <laughs> yeah. So no, yeah, it's significantly worse uh, from what I've heard is so you're, you're going to be talking about it in a little bit here, but uh, one question that I had, this was, this is the final question that I had anyway, at least while coming out of all of these, uh, trip reports and I didn't see it covered. I'm curious if you guys did what happens at nighttime. Like if you're just want to explore the ship at like two in the morning, is that possible? Is there anything going on? Certainly they're not locking you in your room, right? I, well, I didn't see anything specific. But I think you are encouraged, from what I've heard, you are encouraged to explore. So I think, I think you can go out and explore. And uh, they do have areas like the engine room where you can get like little mini games to kind of like interact with stuff. And it looked really cool. So I think they do encourage you to explore. But you're, I don't... At, at late, late, late at night, you're not going to get those character interactions. Mm. That's what I, I feel like I would have problems sleeping. I'd be so like, I got to go. I got to explore. I got to find stuff. Hmm. Well, you know what? Chances of me ever actually experiencing <laughs> this very low. So not, not a concern I'm going to have here. Uh, but, uh, but experiences, that you guys did have were all of these awesome theme parks in SoCal. You basically ran the the gauntlet here. And I am so curious to hear how it went because uh, especially at Disneyland, you, it had been almost a year since you guys had been there. So let's just, let's at least start with Disneyland. How did it feel being back uh, a year later, pretty much, uh, in, in a very different space, at least, COVID-wise. Did the parks feel different? Did it feel kind of closer to 
what you guys uh, uh, know and loved so much with with classic Disneyland? Did it feel, you know, different in any way? Well, I mean, it felt like uh, the normalcy of rides breaking down a lot (laughs) was definitely happening. (laughs) Our first day there, like, rides were going down like crazy. Like, there's just, there's a lot of, like, uh, ride breakdowns. Um, took us three tries to be able to ride Toad. <laughs> Mr. Toad. Oh, yes. my God. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> that's so bad. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, Mr. Toad. We were in line twice when it broke down. Uh, and then what was the other ride that we got on that broke down almost immediately after we got on it? Got in line. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, um, Winnie the Pooh. Oh, yeah. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I think we tried to go back later, and it was down again. <laughs> so I think it took us three tries to wa- ride Winnie the Pooh as well. And uh, Haunted Mansion was Man. down to like eight at night or something. Seven or eight at night. It was mm. it was down all day until it, reop- it opened finally at like eight at night, and we finally got to ride it. So they had a lot of rides down. Pirates was closed for renovations, which was a real bummer. Uh, um, outside of that, it was, and it was actually pretty crowded. Um, I would say I blame Arizona because it always seems like Arizona schools system <laughs> is always out. Like we planned for California schools to still be in session it wasn't shouldn't be in spring break yet, but Arizona always likes to run that gambit of like off, and then everybody from Arizona because Arizona is actually closer than we are to the uh, to the Disney park. So a lot of people from Arizona come up to the right. parks for their break. So I'm pretty sure it was Arizona caused the <laughs> the uh, the crowds and Lightning Lane. <laughs> Like, oh man, there was pretty big, pretty big lines for pretty much everything. Um, mm. Now, now, when you say that, is that big lines in standby, and and Lightning Lane just kind of went through, or was that big lines in both standby and Lightning Lane? Uh, standby, Lightning Lane. Yeah, Lightning Lane was pretty quick. It's pretty much the same as like the Fast Pass, maybe like a ten minute wait on average. Sure. Yeah, did you guys do any lightning lightning? We did our last day on Saturday. Mm. Nice. Saturday feels like a day to to do it. Yeah, yeah. that that and we also wanted to use the uh, photo pass stuff. So we Mm. got it for like one day. Since we were getting that, we might as well actually use the lightning lane to hit up some rides. So... Nice. And so that must have been the first time you used Lightning Lane around Disneyland, right? So we used a little bit of Disney World. Last time you guys were there, wasn't a thing quite yet. How did it feel at Disneyland? Did it feel just like normal Fast pa- uh, Max Pass, I guess it would have been? Uh, well, it, it's still a bit off because uh, with Max Pass, I think you could have multiples. Oh no! You could get, uh, you could do multiples on a ride if you wanted to do that ride again. You could get another right. fast pass, but you know, 
now you can only get the one. Plus, uh, you have to be very strategic with it. I, I feel like you have to be more strategic with the uh, lightning lane. Like, um, you can't just go for that lightning lane. The, I mean, the ideal way of using lightning lane is you always want to kind of have, like, you want to get that lightning lane time that's not too far out because you can ride that ride and then immediately get another ride after. But if you get one that's right. like two hours out, uh, you're not going to be able to ride anything for a while until you can, and you can't right. do another lightning lane until after you actually like uh, hit your, like scan in. It used to be, I think with Max Pass, you could do another Max Pass when your time hit. You didn't necessarily have to scan into it. You just like once your time hit, yeah. you could do another one. So it's not the same. You now have to scan in, and then you can get your next lightning. You can't just let let it go mm. and get your max pass, your next lightning lane. It it was one of those things where it felt so like I had to be on the ball. Like we weren't doing it right to get yeah. the the max. Uh, out of it because it's just like mm. one of those things if you don't do it right it's going to cost you a lot and you're not going to get like you're going to get to ride like four things or <laughs> something if you're hitting like the, yeah. the bigger rides so it's it's just kind of too much too much micromanagement i think uh yeah more strategy yes. required Man, and so the real question that I had, though, more than anything, the first thing that I thought of when I was like, what am I going to ask Henry about when it comes to Disneyland? Anyway, did you go to Bengal Barbecue? We did not. No, I thought of you as oh walking my. past it, though. Oh, <laughs> my God. But we had so much to eat on that trip, there was no way. <laughs> What took the place of Bengal Barbecue? Oh, I need to know. What took the place was Quest for Fiber. Uh, (laughs) 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 We ate ate so bad this trip. I mean, meaning that we ate so good, but as far as nutrition-wise, I was searching for vegetables. (laughs) <laughs> at mm. some point, like, uh, we actually wind up going to, um, Cafe Orleans twice. Whoa. Oh, man. Because there was... Decadence. Well, it's... One of the problems that we did not foresee was the closure of, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And that actually right. impacted Blue Bayou. Because yep. since Pirates of the Caribbean was closed, they basically walled off the pirates in the Blue Bayou. Oh. So if you go in, you know, the big deal about eating at Blue Bayou, one of the big deals about eating Blue, at Blue Bayou besides the food is the ambiance of sitting in kind of that bayou area and 
instead of that, you got to look at a, a ugly wall <laughs> hiding that. So we actually skipped. I mean, uh, Lori was was trying to get uh, reservations there, and we basically, after finding out, thankfully she found out about the wall before getting reservations there. After we found out about the the wall being there, said skip it. It's just not worth it. Hmm. Not to mention they weren't. Yeah. They didn't have Lori's favorite there either. If they had Lori's favorite there, the uh, the rack of lamb, we might have we might have still ate there. She loves it that. Oh, much. we would have. <laughs> we would have gone. I'm going for the lamb. I don't care about the big ugly blue wall. I'm getting that lamb. <laughs> <laughs> Heard to hear. <laughs> Priorities. That's right. Yes. I don't doubt it for a second. So wait, the other, the other, the other question that I thought about immediately was, how is the pickle situation uh-huh. going? Has it improved? Well, it did improve, but I found out what the problem is: is that the pickles used Ooh. to be like. They used to carry a regular kind of dill pickle. So it was like the, the big pickles were dill pickles. Now they switched over to being a, like a kosher dill pickle. So it's a, it's a different, definitely a different uh, uh, lighter dill flavor to me. Uh, it's a little frustrating right. too because I find that uh, when we're out and about and you start getting those cramps, I need real dill. I need a stronger dill to prevent those cramps. And uh, a kosher dill mm. doesn't do that. But that being said, the mm. kosher dills that they had this time were a lot, lot better. So, uh, so oh, nice. I, I actually okay. did enjoy the pickles. Even though I prefer a regular dill to kosher dill, the kosher spicy pickles that you can get at two places in Disneyland, uh, one in the Adventureland and one over in uh, Frontierland. Uh, mm-hmm. Those were really good. There we uh, go. I, Hot tip. Wow. So that the the pickle game got better, but it's still not where it was before the pandemic and. Because they changed, I imagine it's because they changed suppliers. Um, I do prefer the sure. previous dill pickles to what they have now, but mm. it's not terrible like it was in our last couple of visits. So moving in the right direction. Yes. <laughs> uh, the other thing that you guys experienced at Disneyland. Uh, or at least a California adventure was that food and wine festival. And, and you had been to the food and wine festival right before the closures. And so I'm, so I'm curious, I guess we also went to the food and wine festival at Epcot, which of course a different league. So it's, it's an unfair comparison. And uh, we should caveat this as well with the fact that we're going to do a whole deep dive into Food and Wine Festival, and then also the Boysenberry Festival at Knott's. 
But I am curious, just kind of high-level thoughts, quick thoughts, knee-jerk reactions. How was it? It was good. It was really good. Uh, they had a lot, I think, actually even compared to the last time we went, it feels like they had, uh, they pretty much had, I want to say, all new stuff. And they had more stuff mm. this time. Got it. They had a lot of weird. Never a bad thing. Some weird flavors this year. I don't remember seeing the the <laughs> odd flavors before, or maybe I just actively avoided them, erased them from my mind. But yeah, there was definitely some not so savory <laughs> items. The, the one that I saw getting all the press was the peanut butter and jelly mac and yes, cheese. And we did, I actually, well, Lori did, uh, we did actually have it, and she cursed your there name we go. as we were getting it. <laughs> there we go. I knew. I, you know what? I had a feeling you were going to come through for me, guys. <laughs> it was that one. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, oh, no, down. So down. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that they that that the Disney culinary team was riding high after that. Corn dog, you know, with the uh, pickle inside or the corn dog in the yeah, pickle. Yeah, the pickle corn dog. Uh, yeah, and they felt like they needed to one up themselves. I don't think that's the same situation here. Because uh, they mm. still have the, the pickle corn dog. Um, that, there's, that's still sold in downtown Disney. Um, I think right. in this situation, I think they were going for something that would definitely stand out. For me, it wasn't as terrible but it's a little bit there was one part that i really didn't like i never really thought of it it was super pungent like man i was like whoo this smells like peanut butter and it's but the thing that kind of threw me off for the dish is i didn't expect it to be hot and it's really hot Mm. and i don't think i care for hot peanut butter yeah, that's a that's a weird combo. It, it was weird huh. because you know I I definitely had like dishes where it had kind of like a you know uh, you get like a like a Vietnamese spring rolls with the uh, with the peanut butter sauce peanut sauce yeah but that's all cold for the most part it's not hot and I definitely am not down with the hot peanut I just didn't care for it it was it wasn't like. <laughs> super terrible i wasn't i wasn't like Lori in that it was like oh man this is just gross uh it was it was just not not my not my thing right yeah i i i believe that i think it's safe to say it's probably not most people's thing yeah uh the other one that was little throwing too. people off even from what uh the actual like uh I guess the info people for the uh, food and wine festival were saying is the frozen guacamole. Oh, now, explain that to me. Walk walk me through what that even is. It's basically like um, it's even though it's kind of it's it looks like uh, like ice cream on a stick, but and I guess they've had this in the past. Is they did have frozen guacamole in the past. It's 
It's ice cream on a stick. It looks like a like a like a. It's a Mexican paleta. Yeah, there if you you're go. familiar with those, mm. like the popsicles, okay. kind of. Yeah, but yeah. they put uh, pico de gallo and crema on it, and I Ooh. think and well, I'm not even thinking. This, to me, what made it bad was. There was like uh, in the topping, I don't know if it was the crema or if there was something else that they didn't really tell you it, that was in that topping. Uh, but there was some kind of cheese on it that when you ate it, it just just threw it off. It very strong. It's a yeah. very strong cheese. It, it just didn't taste right. Doesn't sound yeah, good. Yeah, it, it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and ba- I'm getting that. <laughs> and basically, what I did was I I wiped that off, and then I ate the the, the ice cream. And if and the ice cream itself tastes fine, and I yeah, that even, wasn't bad. It tasted kind of like a um, what is it like the guacamole? Was it the guacamole like the avocado salsa? The with that's creamy. Oh, okay. like that, yeah, like a guacamole yeah, yeah. salsa. So it wasn't sweet. No. Oh, okay. All right. That's good. Well, it was. It was. <laughs> that would have been. That sounds well, it even was worse. Slightly sweet. It was like. I mean, they. I've. I've had avocado ice cream before, and it was kind of like. It was like sure. that. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, it was. It was less okay. guacamole huh. and more avocado ice cream. I think what they were trying to make it guacamole was by putting the pico de gallo on there, and that just. Didn't I mean it wasn't even the pico de gallo? It was that that cheese that was in there. I guess it was the crema that just was so like pungent, and it came off as actually as as making it taste like like spoiled milk almost flavor when when you Oof. bite into it. Damn. Yeah, it was not good. Oof. So so that yeah. was definitely one that I was like ah yeah I would I would not recommend that to people. But everything else, definitely some. Everything else we had was was oh, excellent. Oof. I I can't wait to hear more about this. In uh, probably won't be next time, but th- maybe the time after that soon, we're going to hear more about it because uh, ready to live vicariously through you guys here. Um, but you also went to Universal, mm-hmm. and you were able to check out. I'm assuming that means that you were able to check out the Secret Life of Pets off the leash, that new dark ride that they have going. Is that yes? Is that that right? was our first ride. Oh, how was it? Well, I loved, I loved the uh, the queue. The queue is just so nice. like charming because you basically they have it set like you're going through. Uh, their apartments. So you're mm-hmm. not, and and it and it doesn't feel like you're in a line. It feels like you're just going through their apartments. So you get to see. The, Ooh, I love it. Yeah, good it's yeah. it's really it's really a very charming cue. Uh, yeah, throughout the line too, they're kind of setting up the story. It's like you're all puppies. You're what, like stray puppies? They're calling. You know, you're walking in, and there's 
Duke and Max. They're talking. It's like, oh, look at all these stray puppies walking in and explaining. It's like, oh, well, we're going to try and get you adopted. There's an adoption event going on. So it, it's just super cute. So that's the only problem with it us going so soon is there wasn't much of a line. So we didn't really get to stop and enjoy and look at everything. So we're going to oh, have to go okay. back and yeah. maybe sit in that 40 minute line so I can see everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting kind of uh, enticement is come and wait in the queue. Hey, that's, that's good times though. Yeah. And then as far as like a, a dark ride, it's a, it's a solid dark ride that is for all ages. So it's, it's not going mm. to be like uh, thrilling or anything. It's definitely something that you can take like little kids to uh, enjoy. So if you're expecting thrills, it's not thrilling. It's, it's definitely not going to make anybody sick, motion sick. It's, it's just like their version of an actual like dark ride. Mm. Now, the headline that I've been seeing recently is Universal's new dark ride, you know, uh, Secret Life of Pets Off the Leash, gives Disney dark rides a run for their money. Is that an accurate statement? Hmm. I'd say so. Like, their quality, it was spot on. It's very cute going through the story of... You know, you're going through as the puppies, you're trying to get to the, um, what is it, the pet store to get adopted. So you're running through kind of all the antagonists, if you're familiar with the the Secret Life of Pets movie. So you're running into the cats, we're running into like, um, what was it, running into Snowball, getting into Antics. There's a lot of stuff going on as you're moving through, they kind of twist you around. So there's almost like a 360 environment that you're able to look around there's mm. stuff going on there's like special effects going on there's you know like fireworks going off like there was a lot and then the what is it um like the i guess cg at the end where they show you you're going through as your puppies and you're getting washed and brushed and getting fluffed up and showing you <laughs> making cool. you and they show you you know in the mirrors like oh look here little puppies look how cute like Henry was what, like a, a mutt, and I was a pretty little poodle. <laughs> so, like, that was like really cute. I almost lost my mind, my little puppy mind. Ah, that sounds cool. Yeah, that's like a uh, kind of like a, a plussed up haunted mansion kind of an yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's also nice because it's not a like, as we've all known, is that uh, Universal's is very screen heavy on stuff. And this is the opposite. Yes, this yeah. they actually went for like, you know, actual like uh, animatronics doing stuff. Uh, they don't they don't get overly animated though with them. They're pretty basic animatronics, but they do have they still have screens integrated here and there. Uh, but they're more kind of enhancements than being the whole ride. Mm -hmm. So they're not necessarily like you're not. You're not just watching the screen, so it is. It is actually a a really well put together dark ride. Man, Universal, they're uh, they're kicking out the jams lately. Nice to hear. Finally, some like legit legit competition for uh, for Disney. 
And the other question I had though about Universal, did you get a chance to look at the progress of Super Nintendo Land or or did that uh, was that not fully visible? Uh we did not go look at the construction of of Nintendo Land just because uh mm-hmm. the way you would ideally see the construction on Super Nintendo Land is you have to go down to the lower lot and while we were able to get on the Secret Life of Pets, uh, it really, the parks were really packed. Uh, they were pretty crowded yeah. uh, on our visits. And everybody went down to the lower lot. And so all those rides were just like, you know, over an hour, uh, you know, queue time for being in line. It's like Jurassic World, Revenge of the yeah, Mummy, and right? uh, Transformers. Even Transformers, Transformers, which is never is almost never like anything more than thirty minutes, was like a hundred. It was like a, like it was. I want to say at one point it was like a hundred and ten minutes or something. It yeah, was, it was almost two hours. Yeah, and that's ridiculous for for the for that ride. So it was, we didn't even bother going down to the lower lot. We actually didn't ride a lot. Uh, Simpsons was was down. Um, We basically, we hit uh, Harry Potter. Um, We hit the Harry Potter. We hit Secret Life of Pets. And then we did the uh, Kung Fu Panda. And we did the uh, tram and the animals show and the water world show yeah but we were on the tram the um your tour guide when we were going through he actually did point out all right over here onto the left that's where they're going to be building behind this wall is where we're going to have the nintendo so that Mm. was neat they actually started bringing it up as you're going through the tram ride yeah and i mean they just announced 2023 is uh, is when they're actually going to open that area. So still have some time, but it's happening. It's official. And I have seen like pictures from outside of the park. You know, people, you know, influencers saying, "Hey, look at the progress on Super Nintendo Land." So I wasn't super uh, in need of seeing the progress, especially as you said, the park not that part of the park not opening until twenty twenty three. I'll get more excited when it's getting closer. I, they may Fair even enough. do a, a walkthrough of it like they did for Japan. I hope so. I'm I'm so curious to hear how much, uh, how similar it is and how maybe it's a little bit different. I think it's going to be a little bit smaller. So, uh, so yeah, that'll be interesting. I want to hope they get some of the, uh, the restaurants that they had like in Japan and the food items. Because that's one of the things that I think... Um, really uh universals is lacking like on our trip just kind of having both both knots and disney doing like food festivals universal really doesn't have a lot of food that stands out you know as as being kind of like i wouldn't say it's like terrible food in their park we definitely we still we went nate at uh the three broomsticks but outside of three broomsticks, it feels like the food, we really kind of, I think I at least, 
had a difficult time kind of trying to decide uh, like what I really wanted to eat that kind of stood out from being different and not like mm. your standard fare of like, oh, well, I can just go to a burger joint outside the park and get a hamburger. You know, they're just selling you a, right. a chicken sandwich. <laughs> like this is, this isn't any different than the food they're selling outside the park. So they need some standout foods and stuff to bring people in. I guess right yeah. now all they have really is is the Lard Lad Donuts and Three Broomsticks, which has a couple of things because it's UK kind of oriented food, but I don't know. Yeah. I've heard good things about some of the food that's being served in, what do they call that? The Jurassic Cafe or something like that? I forget. Down by Jurassic World in that yeah. lower lot. There's that new. Um... Yeah. See, we should have Go gone. On. I tried. Uh, tried going because they're not <laughs> selling my, uh, the three broomsticks, my lamb and Guinness stew. They don't have that anymore. So I'm like, well, now what am I going to eat? Oh, no. Well, so I was maybe just, the next time. <laughs> well, I was looking at the, the menus that they had and it was just like, well, they got pulled pork sandwiches. Well, pulled pork doesn't excite me. Uh, and they had burgers. And it was like, Again, like I said, it's even though I guess from what I heard, I'm I don't disagree with with you, Julian. From what I heard, the food is good, but it's like it doesn't stand out really to me. Yeah, not it's exciting. not exciting. So I, I'm not I've never been a big fan of pulled pork because pulled pork is is sure. it's just drenched in barbecue sauce and pretty much almost mm. I think it. Anything you drench in barbecue sauce tastes like barbecue sauce. <laughs> so right. it, it's, it doesn't get me excited. And I, I, it's just it's no pickle. No. There you go. Fair <laughs> enough. Definitely no pickle. Well, I, I am going to be down at Universal Hollywood for the day in a couple of weeks. And I've got a lot of questions for you guys think that the next time we record, I want to ask you guys a ton of questions in terms of how to best structure my day because the last time I was at Universal, the Back to the Future ride was still a thing and the Jurassic Park ride had not been built yet. So it's going to be like a whole new experience for me. I got a lot of questions for you guys, but I volunteer to be the guinea pig to try this Jurassic World restaurant out. I'll do it. I'll let you guys know how it is. I'll report back. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully everyone's correct. But I'll I'll, I'll bite the bullet well, there. To be fair, I don't think you have to worry about anything like uh, PB&J Mac <laughs> being there. <laughs> I, yeah. don't, I don't feel like you're taking the same risk that we took. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you might be taking this a little personally, Henry. Jeez. But. Well, you didn't have to eat that PBJ Mac, so <laughs> with the pop rocks in it. So pop rocks, jeez. What were they thinking? On a on a on a tastier note, then uh, you guys also went to Knotts. You was that was that kind of the end of your trip? Was Knotts Berry uh, Farm? It was almost the end of our trip. We we went 
it was because of the uh, Boysenberry Festival. We wind up changing mm. our uh, our trip because it was so weird, and I found out late. I mean, of course, um, what had happened was when I was first looking into our trip and going at the time we were going, they were only selling Knott's Berry Farm tickets to the theme park up to that were good up to the 17th of of this Ooh. of march so you could buy, you couldn't even buy hmm. tickets that would work after the 17th you could only buy tickets that would get you into the park up to the 17th and then about 3 weeks 2 or 3 weeks before our trip or so they announced the Boysenberry Festival that was starting on the 18th, which was that Friday. Um, So um, initially we had planned, I had planned that we would go to uh, Universal's on Wednesday and then uh, Knott's Berry Farm on Thursday, which would have been the 17th. But because of the Boysenberry uh, Festival starting on the 18th, we changed our, our, our plans. And instead of going on Thursday, we held off till, uh, till Friday. So we went to Disney uh, uh, Disneyland on Thursday instead. And then our final day was a Saturday, which we also went to, to DCA. Uh, but it was close to the end of our our trip, and we got to experience knots for the first time in a long time, uh, a very long time, uh, at the Boysenberry Festival. It's a great. It sounds like a great double dip, man. How uh, how was the park itself first, especially you know being the kind of uh, the Disney enthusiast, Universal enthusiast that you guys are, how was Knott's Berry Farm? It's, it's, it's like right in Disneyland's backyard. So it, it always surprises me that I haven't been there. Uh, uh, I, I've never been there. So uh, I'm so curious how you guys found it to be. It, it seems like it's a good time. It's, it's yeah, kind of surprised by how close it is to Disneyland. Maybe like crazy, fifteen right? minute drive, like, and that's it. Yeah, it's like yeah, we should yeah. be going there every year. It's a day trip. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting kind of experience because with having going to being able to go to like Disneyland and Universal, uh, it feels like it it wants to be give you an experience like that, but it doesn't fully commit to it. So it's it, it's definitely not you're not going to get uh you know a dark ride like a Disney dark ride. Uh the the thrill rides are going to be thrilling but not quite as maybe thrilling as say like I don't know. Well, since we've been to Universal's Orlando, it's not going to be like those like it felt like um it definitely has more thrill rides than either uh, Disneyland or Universal has. So if you want more adult 
mm-hmm. oriented rides, that is a place to go. Um, one of the one of the things that I didn't think would be a problem, but it was a problem more so because uh, is that they are not a big person oriented park as far as height wise. Obama. Yeah, so there was definitely there was at least two roller coasters I could not ride because I was too tall. I was going to say, it wasn't the fact that you had hit up two major food no. festivals before. No, 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 no. I mean, because I actually, I was actually <laughs> able to fit on all the rides at, I needed, I wanted to at uh, Universal's. And Universal's isn't very sure. big person centric, but uh, Knott's is even worse as far as that. I mean, uh, there was a, a coaster I barely fit on. And I paid for it with my knees. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not, not very big person friendly. Um, it, they have just some, some areas that, like, there's, like, little touches that you notice in, like, that they do in Disneyland and the other parks that they kind of could be adding, but they don't. And it definitely feels like, uh, other than being that it is kind of a Western Americana-themed uh, park, it does feel like when you're going through rides, it is very Wild West. Um, in mm. that, like, say, uh, a couple of the coasters, they really didn't have, like, um, workers uh, put, like, assigning you into line. They basically like, like, Ooh. hey, just go through the line, and when you get up to the area where you're going to board onto the train, please just fill in where you want. So it was kind of like situations where you would see like a bunch of empty cars because people wanted to ride with all their friends. So, so people oh, wouldn't even man. fill in like the certain seats, and they would just send that, and that would cause like the uh, lines to just be a lot longer. Bummer. Yeah. One ride in particular had the, you know, the ride operator on kind of like the AP systems, like, Hey guys, like just fill in, like, don't wait, just go up, like line up behind the yellow, uh, the yellow gates, just like constantly. Cause again, it's like, there's, there's no rules. You just do what you want to do. Need to have that. Cast member cracking the whip. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's wild. Plus, it does seem like they didn't, like, usually Disney does pretty good where they have quite a few cars going at the same time. So the wait isn't as long. You, at least when you're online, you're, you know, constantly moving because, you know, cars are getting loaded and unloaded. But it seemed like at knots, it's like everything had maybe like one or two cars going. So I think the longest mm. line we waited in was about. Was that one maybe hour and a half, two hours? Oh, uh, was that hundred? But it's like, minutes. yeah, it was ju- just under two hours. And I busted out my Crazy. stopwatch, and I timed. We stood in one spot without moving for seven minutes of Oof. just no movement. That's brutal. Yes, it's even more brutal when you actually see. You're at a vantage point where you can see the 
the uh, coaster go off, like, is sent out. And there's, like, four open seats. Like, I counted, like, a, a car go out that just had four open seats. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Did you see that? They had four open seats. It's because they're not. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that was ridiculous. It, um, but I don't know if what? they're, like, if they're purposely not having somebody, like, to, like, fill in. Like, some of the coasters, they actually had people working, bringing people in and, you know, designating them, telling them where to sit and everything. But uh, I wonder if it's like, do they always do that, or are they just run understaffed, or they're running really thin because they are trying to save money, or what? You know, is it always this way? It, we didn't really have anything to compare since we haven't been in for so long. But it really seemed like they should have sure. somebody on that side. Uh, yeah. Man. Easy to take the uh, the Disney guest experience for granted uh, if you're you know having gone so long. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes it's just going someplace else, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. There, there's a little method to that madness for yeah. sure. Um, Knots also like one of the things that kind of surprised me that I never I took for granted for sure is that when it turned night, it was dark. They didn't have very good lighting, which made it <laughs> really difficult to kind of navigate. <laughs> The park and oh my gosh their app that they that you have to use to kind of navigate around there was a train wreck it was so bad so bad mm. like the wait times weren't like updating the map kind of like tries to like uh like when you, it, they have this feature where like say oh i want to go to this to this ride and then it kind of almost like Google maps you like a, a route to take, but that route will sometimes try and send you through like employee areas that you can't literally walk through. And it was just like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> and then the app constantly kept like, when you're looking at it would like, you have a lot of really good filters. They had good filters. Like, Hey, I want to, I'm looking at rides and I want to look at coasters only or thrill rides. And you can hit those filters. But they also had a special filter for the Boysenberry Festival. Well, you could be looking at your coasters and stuff and like, okay, oh, what do I want to? And then it would just like click over to the uh, like Boysenberry Festival. And I was like, so frustrating. Whoa. You're like going through and you're like, following this thing all of a sudden it like clicks over to the boysenberries stuff. <laughs> Said, are you sure you're not here for boysenberries yeah really uh, so so it did make you like it made me feel like both the universals app and disneyland disney's app were so good just so good in comparison yeah. <laughs> that uh that knots app was was frustrating yeah I felt that way about uh, when I was at SeaWorld, where it was just like, man, I would kill for a Disney app right now, which I don't think I ever said while I was visiting Disneyland. So, yeah, I hear you. Uh, and, and also, it just felt like, since I don't know if it's just because we're unfamiliar with the park, but it does feel like uh, the Knott's 
park has a lot more kind of like like twist and turns around the the shopping areas and stuff so it it there's a lot less like straight lines so that you can see like oh there's that's where I need to go it's a lot more twists and turns you have to go through so it could easily get lost trying to find stuff yeah sounds like it huh especially if it's uh, a park you haven't been to yeah, in a while yeah. right and the namings of of things aren't always apparent like we were looking for they supposedly sold pickles at knots uh and they had this mm. uh, one place called uh was it the pickle uh pemmican pickle pickle pemmican one of those is <laughs> but it had pickle the name. So I was like, all right, I need to go here. I need to try their pickles. And we kept walking by the, the place because one, they had a whole bunch of like food places right in the same area that doesn't appear correctly in the app. And they also didn't have mm. the name of the place actually featured on the, the building. So we kept looking at it and we were looking directly at it and nothing said pemmican pickle on it. It it wasn't until Lori noticed that they sold pickles. Pickles was on the menu that we found it. Even that makes me, I'm only like 80% (laughs) sure that that's what we were looking for. (laughs) There might be a whole other pickle emporium that we just missed. We circled that thing like three or four times trying to figure out where it was. Well, it, it, I mean, unfortunately, one of the things like that helps you, the filters help you, but they also hurt you because when you are looking for food, it'll show you the food on the map, but it also doesn't show you like other things that are supposed to be in that area. So you basically can either see, you have to gauge by what other food things are in that area and they don't necessarily align well in that map. That app is terrible. That sounds really (laughs) frustrating. (laughs) So wait, how was the pemmican pickle or pickle pemmican? They did not have pickles. Apparently, (laughs) apparently they're saying that, uh, we got in line, and by the time we got up there, the guy's like, I have no pickles. And then he wasn't sure. <laughs> no pickles. He wasn't sure if it was a supply issue and that all the, all the places that sell pickles, which apparently was just one other place uh, that sold pickles, were out of pickles or not. But he didn't have pickles, and it sounded like he hadn't had pickles for a while. So, basically, we went to try the other place and just because also one of the things that was uh, frustrating, frustrating about the app is that even though you can select the restaurants, the food places as restaurants, and they'll give you kind of a description of the restaurant, they will not have the menu of what is sold at those restaurants. So it was like, do we really want to stand and the the lines for almost all the food places were 
pretty long. And we, I was just like, I don't want to stand in this line just to find out that they don't have pickles. So I basically abandoned yeah, them. That, that seems like a yeah. big mess. How was the Boysenberry Festival, though? Uh, it was okay. Oh, yeah. It's, it had some some good selections. Pretty much anything that was, like, sweet that would be normal to have boysenberries in was good, was tasty. And then they had some that were highly questionable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think yeah. it's more highly questionable. Like, I think the idea that they were kind of trying to give off was that uh, the in the boysenberry festival, like the food is, they're giving you items that are have boysenberries in them. But some of those things that that boysenberry that they add is very kind of topical, like it's not really integrated hmm. in with the dish. So it's like, eh, you know, but like the stuff. Give me an example. Give me just like a, a solid okay. example. They had a, uh, like a boysenberry pozzoli. I think, what was it? Let me get the proper name of it, what they called it. It was a pozzoli with boysenberry garnish and tortilla chips. And, uh, oh, that's super yeah, weird. Yeah, but, but the thing, huh. the, the, trick with that is that it's boysenberry garnish. So it's basically a pozole and it had two boysenberries on it. <laughs> Low effort. Yeah. Right. So that's quite literally what, what the boysenberry part was to it. It was a, a good size helping, but there was of course, like I said, other than the two boysenberries, it had nothing to do with like kind of boysenberry. Um. The other was like, for instance, which was probably a weird one for Lori, but it wound up not being all that that much. Was this? Uh, they had a uh, mirror crab sushi roll with boysenberry aioli, which was mm. basically uh, a California roll, and it had like a like a a little bit of a, a boysenberry mayo sauce on it. And it was prepackaged. And it basically it had a little bit of sweet to oh. it, but it's basically just a California. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you say? And again, we're, we're, we're going to get into like a deep, deeper dive of this later. But what would you say was your favorite thing that you ate at the boysenberry festival guys? Oh, hands down, it was the boysenberry, uh, it was the boysenberry and, uh, it was the boysenberry pomegranate smoothie. What about you, Lori? It's the same. That smoothie was so good. Um, mm. Other than that is I had the... Was it the boysenberry pie bar, which is um, kind of like a lemon bar, where it's got that little bit of like pie crust base with like the boysenberry, almost like jam with the like sweetness on top. Mm. That was really good. Well, 
I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to just a, a, a full in-depth kind of breakdown of everything going on at these festivals. And then just kind of the general comparison, because it sounds totally incredible. But until then, that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, made it this far, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast, so don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 65 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Until then, stay healthy, everybody. Henry Laurie guys take care we'll talk soon and i'm starving i gotta find something to eat here get yourself some fiber